This conference will now be recorded. Hi everybody, welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. This is the weekly weather for October, August, October, it already feels like it should be October, August 27th to September 3rd, Labor Day this weekend coming up. Uh, Venus retrograde is going to turn direct. Mercury is retrograde, Mars is going into Libra, and Uranus is stationing retrograde. So we have quite a bit of activity in the heavens above. Always a good, makes for an interesting week because we can find ourselves uh, pulled in many different directions. So we're going to look at the energy for the week ahead and see what's up. So here we have the August, the last couple days in August. We have Mars going into Libra today and the Sun opposite Saturn today. And then tomorrow, Monday, Uranus stations to go retrograde until January. And then we have Venus stationing to go direct on September 3rd. So we're kind of working with this energy. And then next week, we're going to have, you can see there's a bunch of other stationings, right, the beginning of September. So we're now having Uranus, who's been zipping along happily for a while. Um, stopping and going backwards is kind of saying, okay, we have to catch up. We have to catch up. So as he pauses, you know, the forward motion kind of feels like the film breaks. If you've ever were young and you watch Super 8 films, they would break or would get to the end of the roll and it would go and it would kind of flip off and be done and then the white screen. Or in the old days when the movies used to break, they don't really break anymore like they used to, but um, the energy is very, very uh, process-oriented this week and full of change. Now, the five days leading up to the Uranus station, which happens Monday, and the five days after, which is all this week, we see a lot of stuff. And Uranus stations often are earthquakes, uh, sometimes they're volcanoes, there are sometimes big structural falls, and changes in things, you know, we kind of have shocking, unexpected changes happening. And the Uranus is part of a grand trine in Earth. So with the grand trine in Earth, it's very much about physical creation. And Mars went triggered that grand trine in Earth all last week, and now he's into Libra for about two months, and he is talking and working with the Venus now in, when he was in Virgo, he was working with Mercury. So Mars is in a whole new way of relating, connecting, wanting to partner, not so much so solo, wanting to connect and relate. So it's an interesting week that way. As we mentioned, the nodes shifted just recently into Aries and uh, Libra. So we're still in the, I gotta be me, I gotta go my own way. And now that the node has changed, uh, the ruler of the North Node, Mars, has changed this week into Libra, we're going to really feel like, okay, partner time, partner time, got a partner. Um, we also have Venus is still retrograde. She turns direct on September 3rd or 4th, depending on where you live, at 12 Leo. So this is the week she slows up again because she's getting ready to station. So Venus is moving very slowly, and she rules that south node in Libra. So she's kind of moving a little pokey. She also rules Mars now. So it's interesting because Venus rules both ends of the nodes, the way we want to go forward and how we're trying to move forward. And while she's still retrograde, she's going to say, well, let's pause a little. Let's think about these things. Let's try and figure out how we can work together because Libra likes to work together. 
But Venus is retrograde, so partner might not want to work with you. And then Venus rules the south node of Libra, saying, well, I know I've been in this relationship for a while, but I'm also feeling like I have this need to shift and change out of it. So it's an interesting week because there's this desire to change, yet with all the earth planets in the sky, there's a deep scent of ruttedness or rootedness. So think of ruts. If you've ever walked on a country road or driven on a dirt road, they get the ruts. The ruts don't fill in. They get bigger. When there's mud, when there's rain, you know, the ruts are, you know, in the, you know, <laughs> they get mud, the, mud, the ruts get muddy and they hold the water. Um, you know, I grew up upstate, so there were ruts in the road. In certain places you would go, you know, you would go to visit a friend and they lived up a dirt road. Um, and those dirt roads were definitely interesting because they, you know, the cars going over them caused the ruts to form. But also ruts are hard to get out of. If you've ever been in a rut, when you go over it, boom, boom, you know, it kind of pops. So this week, our Mars is going to try and partner us out of the rut and Uranus is going to station, so he often, when he stops, he's stopping in an earth sign, he stops and he pushes us out of the rut. We also have Mercury retrograde. He doesn't go direct until September 15th, but you're going to hear from your ghosts, people from your past you're going to connect with, you're going to hear from. Time to go back and finish up the paperwork, time to go back and do the things that are undone, because Mercury is in the sign of Virgo, wanting to get the things finished up so that everything can move forward. And so you're going to feel this need to kind of shift and move things in a different direction, even if it feels like you're going backwards to go forwards. And if you've ever been stuck in a rut in the mud, it was usually more snow ruts, you know, you'd get in, stuck in a snowbank upstate and you'd have to kind of work to get out of it. There's a little bit of that energy this week, trying to get out of the rut. And, you know, you just kind of feel it. You know, notice where you're stuck. Notice where the rut is kind of holding you back. And there's kind of a launch, a desire to launch. So what happened on Sunday was the sun was opposite Saturn. This happens once a year. And a sun-Saturn opposition is often a time of reflection. It's a time of slightly lower energy. There is no air in the sky. You see how low the air bar is. Absolutely no air. All earth and fire energy with a little bit of water. So earth and fire is visionary and physical. Physical stuff. How do we change the physical stuff? And the, the sun going past Saturn often has a psychological energy or a releasing or a memory of blocks or times where things didn't go well. But it also has a little bit of a depressive quality. But the sun is in Virgo, which is, okay, we got to get this, got to get this moving, got to get this moving forward. We also have Mars entering Libra today. On Sunday, as I mentioned earlier, Libra is not a sign Mars particularly likes, but it is on a world point. And we had Jupiter on the world point last week and Venus. And so Mars and Venus, Mars and Jupiter are going to have what we call a sesquiquadrate, which is a stressful energy about how do we partner and move forward. How do we partner and create? And both of them are answering to retrograde Venus. So it's a great time to go back in and kind of clean up old stuff. Clean up things that are not quite finished. Grand Trine and Earth always good and productive and gets things accomplished and it's a physical energy it wants to be physically active now that mars is in an air sign 
we get a little bit of air, but Mars in air talks more than he does, or he needs partner to proceed, and Venus is still retrograde, so she rules the nodes of fate, she rules the Jupiter and the Uranus, she rules the Mars, so there's an energy here where the Venus going backwards is still in consideration mode until next, the third or the fourth, depending on where you're born on Earth, next week, and um, and there's a shift and a change. Uh, Mars has a quincunx to Jupiter, as I mentioned. This is a stressful energy. This is Monday, and it kind of pushes us to take action or do something. And we also have an out-of-bounds moon at the same time, and the moon and Pluto are joined, so there's a frustration energy with Mars in a quincunx to Jupiter, kind of push, push. I need you to change this. I need you to shift this. Jupiter on a world point, Mars on a world point, pushing us to take action. So that's the energy for Monday. Then we have Uranus stationing to go retrograde. Now whenever Uranus or a planet stops, it's a big deal. In this particular case, in the chart cast for Washington, D.C., we see Jupiter is right on the ascendant here. And of course, Monday, this is at 10.30 at night, uh, Uranus stops and says, okay, what direction are we heading in? And it does represent a structural change. Whenever Uranus stops, he says the structures are going to change. He's in a trine to the Mercury. He's in a trine to the Pluto. It's a grand trine in Earth that's kind of pushing us to, to look at things in a different way. And with Jupiter angular right on the ascendant, this is a pretty big deal. So Monday is our busy day this week. Pluto at the top of the chart. Um, we have Mars forming a hard aspect in the house from the house of health to the house of the body, the physical, the nature of the physical. So energy is very intense on Monday. And it usually invo invokes a rupture of some sort. We have Mercury, Mars midpoint is on Neptune. That can often, oftentimes in New York, that's a water main break, um, but it often has an energy of some structure rupturing, cracking, falling apart, or changing, giving out. It's a giving out energy. It just kind of, it's done. And we see that with Uranus as a, um, as a planet. It kind of kicks us into uh, a change energy. And when we get to the politics section of the the report today, you'll see Uranus, you know, for when Donald got his mug shop taken, Uranus, the planet that takes 84 years to go around the circle, was on the midheaven of his chart for his birthday and his birth time. And so Uranus is a once every 84 year transit. And so Uranus on the midheaven, what better than the mug shot seen around the world, right? And Uranus, of course, is in Taurus and Donald has a, a Sun-Uranus conjunction. So, you know, when people wonder if the birth chart's right, I'm like, well, Uranus on the midheaven certainly is something coming out that's uh, transmitted all over the world and is a once every 84 year cycle. Once, once every 84 years, you only have that happen. So it's kind of an interest, and Uranus is stationing on that midheaven for him. Um, again, once every 84 years. So it's a shift, it's a change, it's a directional adjustment. Um, a lot of times Uranus on the midheaven, I had a good friend, he came out, of the closet 
as a gay guy with Uranus on the midheaven. And it does have, uh, you know, told his parents he was gay. It, it has, uh, when you're looking at the Academy Award winners, they're all nominated. Well, who's got the Uranus transit? Because they're the one that's going up there. And I remember looking a few years back when Glenn Close was up for something, and everybody was like, she's going to win, she's going to win. I'm like, no, nope, she's not going to win. She doesn't have a Uranus transit. She's not going to step away from the crowd and be claiming it as her own. So that energy of Uranus uh, is very much an I am here. It's got a little energy of a lightning bolt, too. So as Uranus stations retrograde on Monday and then goes backwards until January. So we're going, as, we're going as far forward as we're going. We're going backwards now. And that's good. You know, it's, it's, it does feel like this year has been like on high, high speed energy. I can't believe it's the end of August already. And I could use a break. I could use a break, even though I like wanted to take the month of August off. It didn't really feel like I got anything done, because everything's going so darn fast. So now Uranus goes, all right, all right, I'll let you have a break. I'm not going to keep changing stuff. We'll go back. I've changed enough. Now you go back and fix it up and clean it up while all the other planets are retrograde. Uh, Venus stations direct on September 3rd. Uh, and she is going to go retrograde next Sunday, September 3rd, with her energy in terms of direction and what's up for her and what, what, what she's calling in. So again, it's not a huge week. There's these two retrogrades that are the big deals. And Venus stations, we're going to fear her station about four days, three days before. So she stations on Sunday the 3rd, which is Labor Day weekend. And um, it does always feel that this week that, that everybody's kind of off. And then Jupiter is also slowing to station. He stations next uh, Monday, I believe it is, um, on uh, Labor Day weekend. So we have these other two guys stopping. So Uranus and Jupiter both stopping this week. Uh, and, you know, so this week has the two of them kind of activating and kind of stirring things up. So if you have things at like 18, 19, they're going to get very stirred up. Right, and we had seen uh, a lot of 19s lately. You know, 19 indictments, 19 stuff. But the Jupiter-Uranus midpoint, where the two of them are stopping like a week apart, is very intense. And so those babies that were born in uh, with the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction, the babies like me, born in 54, the babies. There's a bunch of you guys born in 76 that have Jupiter and Sag and Uranus there. Um, so there's a lot, and then there's a bunch in the 90s. So there's a lot of energy when, when the Jupiter-Uranus folks are activating this week. Um, so that's kind of the energy of the week. Not a lot. Not a lot. It's mainly those, uh, those two stations, Venus and Uranus. So when we look at the... the um, so that's why I add a little bit more to the politic piece. So the sun this week um, goes uh, from... 3 Virgo to 10 Virgo, and it doesn't have a lot of aspects. It does have an aspect with the nodes of fate on September 3rd, um, and it has an aspect to Eris on September 3rd. But again, just more of an adjusting energy, and then it has the opposition to Saturn. So the sun is kind of quiet this week, and the Virgo planets are all about getting the work done, getting everything ready. We go back to school, of course, after Labor Day. Um, so it's kind of a prep. It's the last week of summer, big vacation week, wrapping things up. 
Mercury this week goes from 21 Virgo back to 17 Virgo. Again, not moving fast because he's retrograde, and he doesn't have a lot of aspects this week either. He does have a parallel, which you can't show on the computer easily. He has a parallel to Mars, and a contraparallel to Mars, and a parallel to Mars, because Mars is going forward and Mercury is going backwards, and so parallels and contraparallels, because they're both on the right at the edge of that change of the equator, gives us an energy of, okay, am I working? I'm not going to work with you. Okay, now I'm going to work with you. Okay, now I'm not going to work with you. There is a health aspect that Mercury has this week on September 1st, so do pay attention to health matters, but by and large, it's a quiet week for Mercury. Um, Venus this week, not doing much either. She's basically parked at 13. She goes from 13 back to 1212 where she's stationed, so she's only moving a degree. She has an aspect to the nodes of fate, a parallel to them on the 31st of August, so see who you meet then. Uh, because that's a that's an energy for her in terms of connection and relationships and saying, okay, this is the direction I want to partner with. Mars this week, Mars went into Libra. He gets as high as uh, five, and he is on a world point talking to Jupiter on a world point. Um, and so Jupiter's working on that world point, and Mars doesn't have any aspects either except entering Libra. He does have a quincunx to Saturn on the 1st of September, which is, again, an adjusting energy. It's got an adjusting component to it. But he's not doing much either, which is good, because we've, we've had kind of enough. We need a little rest. Uh, and then Jupiter has a quintile to Saturn. Jupiter is on a world point, so public news, public things, things in the world. And he doesn't move much either because he's stationing also at 15 on the world point, stopping on a world point. Uranus, as I mentioned, is stopped on a world point at 23. Towards the end of the week on the 29th, he has a trine to Uranus. I guess I could have put that one in, not Uranus. He has a trine to Pallas Athena, which is kind of coming up with a new strategy about how to move forward. And then Vesta has an aspect to the nodes of fate on the 30th, which is good for moving. So like I said, it's kind of a quiet week, um, which is good. I mean, the two stations are big, but um, the energy of the other planets are all kind of moving pretty slowly and not causing a lot of uh, trouble, <laughs> which is always, oh good, you're not going to cause any trouble. So this week, when we look at the moon, the moon, Mars, moon's in Capricorn today, out of bounds, and it's out of bounds in Capricorn the 28th. It goes void um, Monday morning at 7:49, and it goes into Aquarius at 10:32 in the morning, and it's in Aquarius on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, going void at um, goes void at 11:04 p.m. Tuesday night. And then it goes into Pisces at 9.56 in the morning. There is a full moon this week on Wednesday. The, the uh, full moon is at 7 Pisces. So that's a biggie, you know, kind of culminates. It asks you to think back to Pisces time, uh, which is um, March of 2022 and what was going on then. And now you have the full moon energy for that. The moon is in Pisces on Wednesday and Thursday. 
and Friday it goes void at 6.36 in the morning and then it enters Aries on Friday the 1st. It goes void with a sextile to uh, Pluto. The moon in Capricorn goes void with an, uh, oppos a conjunction to Pluto. So those are both working aspects. Moon in Aries on Friday the 1st. It's 9.25 Saturday the, the 2nd. Sunday the 3rd goes void at 7.57 and enters um, enters Taurus at 11 a.m. on Sunday the 3rd and it's in Taurus and Venus goes direct that day and it will be in Taurus and it goes void with a nice trine to Pluto. So the moons this week are nice, not particularly dramatic. Uh, if there's a dramatic moon it's going to be Monday. We're going to have Monday is kind of the day for rock and roll, Monday, Tuesday. But most of the rest of the week is quiet. And so that's helpful. Um, it's not a busy week. It does have those stations, which do often invite us to pivot in direction. And, you know, people will say to you, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to do it. I quit. I'm leaving. Goodbye. And that's also the energy of it. It's got a, it's got a sudden decision-making quality to it because the planets are all moving very slowly and are kind of in a, um, I don't know when to say a stationary funk, but they're in this adjusting space. And, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, when, you, when you've had a really busy day, in this case, a busy couple of months, and you come in and you kind of sit down and you're like, okay, I'm just going to sit here for a minute or two, and then suddenly it's like a half an hour, and you're like, oh, I've got to get back up again. I gotta go do stuff. And then the other part of you is going, no, don't you really want to go to bed? And the part of you that goes, yeah, I, I really do. I really want to go to bed. So there's that energy as part of this week. So with three planets, Jupiter doesn't shift until Monday next week, but Uranus and Jupiter are kind of hanging out together. And Jupiter is stationing on a world point, which does make for a lot of public news. But it's in Taurus, so it's news of a physical nature, news of an emotional nature, news of a structural nature. And Uranus stationing to go retrograde is a little bit of a shocking news or a sudden unexpected changing news. Again, contributing, and then Mars triggers it. Mars sets that off. So, you know, he's going to, but he's in Pisces, and he's, or not in Pisces, he's in, in Libra, He's answering to that intense little Venus there, and she's trying to figure out, you know, what to do. So it's an interesting week, not a lot of activity, but a lot of emotional clarity. All right, now back to our astrology events. Last week was busy, and I was talking about Venus square Jupiter on the world point, and that was going to be a big deal because Venus and Jupiter were both on world points. And I actually thought it would be a rock star or something, but I think it was the FIFA kiss. <laughs> there was the women's soccer match. Uh, the president of FIFA for Spain grabbed and kissed the, uh, one of the top players on that team. He said it was consensual. She said it wasn't. She's, uh, uh, her partner's a woman. So I'm not imagining she really wants to kiss this old guy. And there, it was very controversial. In the, in the, it was a great match. Spain won. It was a fabulous match. And Trump, of course, got arrested. And um, Putin um, 
had a little strike with revenge being a dish best served cold. And of course, Bob Barker died, the Price is Right guy, who was definitely a Venus Square Jupiter. That was a TV show that was on forever. He was 99. And Venus is, of course, money. Square Jupiter was all these women jumping around. Women, Venus, Square Jupiter. The Price is Right. If you get the right price, Venus Square Jupiter, without going over, you get to go to door number one, door number two, door number three. So, um, and he, he retired at 83 and just passed this week. So I think he's the Price is Right guy dying. It, definitely money and a lot of, and Jupiter a lot of. But those were the charts I picked for our astrology and event analysis uh, for the week. So we'll look at those. Of course, um, uh, Vladimir Putin um, in a dish, you know, revent, you know, Vladimir's got... There, you know, there's a lot of controversy about what chart is his, and he is a KGB guy. So I don't know that it's an accurate chart, but I'm, I'm good with a lot of Scorpio. And, you know, on the, the day of the Scorpio moon, he shot that plane down that was carrying um, the chef who ran the Wagner group. And that was a Yvonne, I'm not sure I'm going to say it right, Yvagni Perosian. And this is his chart. Now, we... Two months earlier, we weren't doing these podcasts, but we had Uranus here. We see Uranus is at 22 in his chart, and we also see Mars is here at 14 Aries, 14 Leo on the world point. This is his chart. We don't have a time for him. We do know he was born in Leningrad, and he ran the mercenary group that Putin would dispatch to run things. And, of course, Putin is a crime boss in addition to being... um, the head of Russia, and you know, and everybody went, uh oh, you know, as Marcus Aurelius said, when you go for the king, you want to make sure you kill him, you don't let him live. So, um, Yvengi got mad because they were bombing his people, there was this whole thing, and um, this is a picture of the, the crash site, the plane appeared to be shot down, or you know, just had a fuel tank taking out 10 people, including a couple of his top lieutenants and three uh, aircraft people. Now, what happened on June 23rd uh, was the rebellion that he had, and it stopped. And we can see here he has the Venus in Leo on the Mars, right? So he, he marched towards Moscow. He stopped. And we see here the series on a world point. It was everybody kind of paused back then. We had Saturn on a world point, and we all went, oh, wow. Stuff's going on. What's happening? And Juno here, and they were good buddies. You know, he was uh, he was originally a chef. He'd served time in prison. He was a chef and fed Putin. You know, fed the bushes when they ate at the they ate at the Kremlin. And he didn't. He stopped his rebellion. And then was going to go live in Georgia, I believe, not Georgia, the country, not the state in the United States. And and then suddenly he's in Moscow and he releases a tape, and they are having the um, African nations all meet there. Of course, Wagner Group's very af- active in Africa, to controlling the mines and the countries down there, with their paramilitary force of twenty-five thousand people. And so, we see the rebellion there with Venus at fifteen Leo. Now, I remember looking at this and going, well, Venus is going to get back to 15 Leo again. And when she does, which is what, of course, happened when the plane blew up, there's Venus again at 15 Leo, right there on his Mars. And so this is an example of his chart with the plane crash. And we see the Jupiter here and the Venus on his Mars and the Sun on his North Node in Virgo. 
Uh, and then we see the Saturn-Sun opposition, you know, Sun-Pluto. And, of course, uh, Putin came in and said, you know, he was a man that had some problems, but I wish his family well. And everybody kind of went, yeah, you go for the king and you don't kill him. It gave him two months to figure out. Um, and it was two months to the day because he had the rebellion on uh, June 23rd. And then on August 23rd, he got blown up out of the sky at 6.19 p.m., a little bit north of Moscow. Um, and again, we don't have a chart for him, but we do see that Jupiter there on the world point, squaring the Mars, squaring this. And we also see the Uranus here at 23, stationing uh, now, square to his Uranus. And um, yeah, and it was a Scorpio moon. A lot of the charts that seem to work for Putin, I've got like three that I fiddle with. That he's, you know, he's got stuff at Scorpio. So, um, and as Biden said, uh, there isn't much that happens in Russia that Putin isn't aware of. And we also see that was the day that Mercury was stationing uh, when the plane, um, we can see the Mercury stopped in the sky on the day of the crash, right? Um, so Mercury stopped trining the Uranus, Mercury-Uranus trine, and then we had the Jupiter squaring the Venus and the Mars. So, uh, revenge served cold. Scorpio, Scorpio moon. Dishes, uh, revenge is a dish best served cold. Two months. Probably had time to figure out who all was involved in the, uh, who was loyal and who wasn't. And um, we, uh, Perosian is gone. Uh, yeah, Donald. We had our indictment. Uh, he was arrested in Georgia on August 24th, around 7.50 p.m., 7.48 p.m. Notice the moon here high in the chart uh, on the tippy top, and of course the midheaven is uh, the world point. So we see this, this is the arrest chart, and of course the good news is sun is in Virgo. So from my point of view, this is the trial we're going to watch. Not that I don't like the other trials, but when we look at the sun in Virgo, remembering with O.J. Simpson, Leo rising, but when, the, um, when he robbed the stuff in Vegas and got arrested for stealing his own stuff because he was trying to sell his memorabilia, it was Virgo rising. So Trump getting arrested when the sun is in zero Virgo, I'm like, oh, okay, this Georgia thing is a big deal. I mean, you know, I'm watching all the trials to see which ones are sticky. And this is the sun-Saturn opposition. This is the arrest chart. And, of course, moon on a world point. It was a mugshot seen around the world. Um, and when we look at the chart for the arrest, the published picture, you know, indicted arrest, we do see Pluto aspecting the part of imprisonment. We do see Vesta on the part of death. We do see Pallas Athena on the part of treachery. We see partnerships on the part of danger or peril. We see Jupiter aspecting the part of catastrophe. So this is not a great chart. You know, if Evangeline Adams was famously known to told, tell J.P. Morgan not to hop on the Titanic because the Arabic part sucked. Whoever, Trump does not have an astrologer. This is not a good chart to go get arrested on. And, you know, and you can pick. You know, it's always good to pick. But those are some Pluto aspecting the part of imprisonment, Jupiter on catastrophe. I'm not liking this one if I was looking to get out of there. And then Uranus here on the part of sudden advancement. Now, when we look at Trump's chart, you know, this is Trump's chart progressed 
to the time of the um, uh, the arrest. Now, one of the things that, you know, the Internet is always full of things, and somebody was posting that they didn't believe that Trump's birth certificate was correct. Now, I'm born in New York State. I have the exact same birth certificate Trump does. It's like this weird little gray-black thing. And he, re he released it, and there was a popular time for him of 9.51, and then he released it, and it was actually 9.10.51. And this chart I've worked with for years, long before Donald became famous, it's a great chart. He declared bankruptcy a few times. He's been married and divorced. He's got five kids. You know, it's like, it's a great chart for teaching. So I, before he became politically hot potatoes, I, you know, I used to teach this chart a lot because he, he has great aspects. Okay, here's the affair aspect. Here's the bankruptcy aspect. Here's the book publishing. And then he got controversial, so I'm not allowed to teach him. And I remember going, I was going out to the Midwest School of Astrology, the Pam Gallagher and Mindy Witt run. And Pam's like, no politics. And I'm like, but I, Donald has got such a great chart. <laughs> and he's like, no politics. Uh, so at any rate, Donald's chart, this is a great one. And it kind of proves the chart is correct. He's got Uranus up here, as I mentioned, at the tippy top of the chart. Uranus stationing on the midheaven, literally stationing there right now. This happens once every 84 years, okay? Uh, I, I watch that. I use Uranus as a, as a rectifying event. So maybe I'd make him be born at, you know, 1050 instead of 1051. But you can see here that Uranus on the midheaven, again, once every 84 years. Then over here... We have Neptune on the Vesta. Now remember Vesta in this chart, Vesta's on the part of death, right? And so Neptune on Vesta says, okay, I'm working with this energy. And Neptune, of course, is, uh, you know, prisons. Neptune rules prisons. We also have his sun here, the sun transiting sun, on his solar arc Uranus to the day. See it right there? Boom. Again, Donald is a sun Uranus guy. And we also see Vesta up here on his son, his transnatal son. So we see a lot of energy around the home and the hearth. Where am I going to spend my time? And Vesta, of course, is on the part of death, right next to the part of imprisonment. So it's a good chart for, um, for being sent to jail. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is very radical meaning it proves the, native, the natal chart is very active. Then over here, we see Saturn, again, once 360 degrees. This hits this degree once every, um, you know, 29 years, right on that solar arc. See it right there? For, again, Saturn on the moon, Saturn on the solar arc. So this is him and the ascendant right here. Uh, the ascendant for the arrest right on that. And we also see a couple of other things. We see transiting Pluto here, forming an exact opposition to his Venus and forming a quincunx uh, to his things. And we also see the, um, the Venus retrograde here in the 12th house of jails being imprisoned. And we see Juno here partnering. We also see Mars here in Virgo, trining the Pluto in the fifth house. So there's a fifth house going towards the sixth. And we see his solar arc Jupiter. For the last 30 years, it was in Sagittarius. His solar arc Jupiter has moved into Capricorn. That is not a great place for Jupiter to be. Donald is born on the day that Jupiter stations. 
So he's one of the reasons he's very effective in things is he's born on the day that Jupiter stations. And we see Jupiter now changing signs going into Earth by solar arc, which marks a shift in his fortunes over the last year and a half. For the last 30 years, Jupiter was in Sagittarius. Everything flowed his way. Jupiter in Capricorn, it's coming down to Earth, it's bumping on Earth. At the top of the chart, again, we mentioned Uranus at the tippy top here at 23. Uranus is also in a sextile to his natal Venus Saturn in the 11th house. He's with a bunch of other people uh, that he's been, you know, that are listed as his co-conspirators. 11th house is the group or the community that you're in, and Uranus is stationing here in a sextile to that energy and encouraging it to shift. And so we see this chart as a pretty in good indicator that uh, Mr. Trump's chart is active. We also see retrograde Mercury is right on his solar arc Mercury at 22, 21-22. So again, Mercury for a Gemini is a super important planet. And yes, Mercury is retrograde with Athena next to it. But natally, he has Mercury in its detriment uh, by progression at, in Leo, getting the square from Uranus. So that's, the, that's all the tapes, you know, that they have his voice. And he has a fairly distinctive voice. They have all his voice on tapes. So as Uranus stops on the midheaven, we're going to see a pause in the forward motion for him. But that also is a certainly a rec. I use Uranus a lot as a rectifying event. And once every 84 years, you get a mugshot taken and uh, it gets sent around the world. Um, so that's Donald. Next, the World Soccer Mass, the Force Kiss. I mean, I'm a big f soccer fan. I love women's soccer. And the, the match was great. And um, at any rate, the guy grabbed her and kissed her. Uh, and so this is Louis Rubellis's chart. I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. He was a soccer player. Um, and notice he's got uh, Saturn at the, we don't, again, we don't have a radical chart, we don't have a time chart, but we do have Jupiter on a world point, and Jupiter was on a world point when the kiss happened. And we have the energy of, uh, you know, the sun Uranus, he's currently been suspended, he's refusing to retire, he said it was consensual, she said it wasn't. Um, I can't imagine she would normally be kissing him anyway, because... She has a girlfriend, um, and, you know, he's probably not her type, basically. <laughs> but this is his chart, and he's got that Mars out of bounds in Gemini, and he's got Mercury stationing in his chart, right? So we had Mercury stationing last week. And I tell you, these Mercury stationings are big, and his Mars in Gemini is, oh, it's just feminism, oh, it's just this, it's just that, brush it off, brush it off. This is Jenny Hermosa's chart. She's the woman he kissed. Um, and she, of course, is a moon in Scorpio, Pluto in Scorpio, Juno in Scorpio. So she had been told to go along with it and say, yeah, it was consensual, that she wasn't bothered. And she said, no, I was bothered. I don't like him kissing me, leaving me alone. So she, she didn't do it. She, too, has a Mercury retrograde. This is where the retrograde people, you know, we sometimes say to people when, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, be careful, be careful. But for the people with Mercury retrograde, it tends to be a pretty big deal. She just won the World Cup. And she got this kiss scene around the world that everybody's talking about and, you know, what the role of women in soccer is. And, you know, it's a very brilliant match.
And um, yeah, so she's like, no, I, I didn't want the kiss. And then this is the kiss, the, the chart of the kiss. So it happened on August 20th on Sunday in Sydney, Australia, which where the match was, it was around 1047, because that's you know when they stopped. They had them all cheering and taking their picture and jumping around and shooting fireworks. And um, again, I don't have an exact time of the kiss, but I have a pretty good, pretty good time. So we see the energy is Taurus, Jupiter on the ascendant, squaring that Venus on the world point. That, and then, of course, the kiss happened and then the controversy happened all week. So if we put their charts together with the kiss in the middle and Lewis in the second position and uh, Jenny in the third wheel out, we see that her, you know, him, he's, you know, he's got a Juno there right on that moon Scorpio of hers. And she is Juno retrograde. He is Juno direct. And she's kind of like, I, I didn't want any kiss from him. And on the, uh, you know, as we look at the kiss chart, Uranus is on the descendant. People were like, what are you kissing her for? And he has Pluto on the moon of the wind, right? Like, he, I mean, I get it. He was very excited. Spain, Spain won. Um, but at the same time, uh, her, uh, you know, the heiress, the goddess of discord was very active. Remember, we always invite the witch to the party. And her north node was up here on the midheaven. So what's happened is her teammates have said, we're not going to play unless he gets taken out. You know, no, no kissing us without us asking. And, you know, so it's very controversial. And it's a, it's a Venus-Jupiter energy, certainly. The women, Venus-Jupiter exuberance and physical. You know, Zeus, of course, did pursue people and grab them and kiss them. And um, if we look at Lewis's chart, he has a moon in Sag and he has Neptune in Sag. Not that this excuses the behavior, but he also has a Jupiter in Cancer on a world point. So Jupiter in Cancer is very enthusiastic and it answers to that moon in Sag and I'm just going to grab you and kiss you. And, um, and she said, I don't think so. And, and her son is on the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction that we're watching. Uh, that's stationing now. So I would anticipate he probably resigns this week because he's getting a lot of pushback. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I was like, oh, it's the FIFA kiss. The FIFA. Some people call it FIFA, but I think it's FIFA. It's the world soccer people kiss. That totally fits that Venus-Jupiter. And Jupiter, of course, would force himself on women that were not necessarily interested in him. And she probably isn't. As I mentioned, she has a, a female partner who plays on the same team with her. And, um, yeah, so we'll watch this story. And then, of course, I'm like, well, who's the woman that died? I want a woman that died. And then Bob Barker died, the Price is Right guy. Now, we have a real chart for Bob. Um, he was born on December 12, 1923, at 4 in the morning in... Uh, Darrington, Washington, and he passed, uh, and of course he has, um, he has a nice little Jupiter son over here. He's a pretty r rich guy from running the prices right, but we also look at that Venus-Jupiter, and you remember all the women, would you have any, you know, you ready, you want to play the game, and they'd all be like jumping and screaming and yelling, and you know, the enthusiastic audience, there you can see not a whole lot of men in the audience, pretty much women because it was the prices right and you had to know the right price to get um, to win to get to their next level 
And so that would be my, uh, my politics for this week because there weren't a lot of aspects. Uh, you can sign up for Patreon. You get a six to eight, six to ten minute daily audio, a song, and a list of timed aspects. Uh, you can also get the timed aspects off of my Twitter, uh, Ann Ortley. Um, so feel free to sign up. And that's it for the week. I wish you a good week. I think we're going to have a lot of developments. Obviously, Monday is the big day because the Uranus station. Um, and then the rest of the week, we kind of get to rest which I'm ready for, you know, I'm ready for a week of rest. And I wish you a great week and a lovely uh, Labor Day weekend. I'm going to be in Memphis um, next week for my aunt and uncle uh, 50th wedding anniversary. We're having a, a brunch for them on Sunday, so I will be hopefully recording from the hotel room um, accurately and positively. So we'll, we'll see how we record from Memphis. In the meantime... Um, have a wonderful week and a happy Labor Day. Bye.